welcome back. Another edition of the podcast with Dr. Joe Carlgaard, Athletic Director of Rice Sows. Hello, hello. Hey, JP. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Yourself? How are things going? I'm doing well. Thank you. The weather's starting yeah. to turn. It's good for a runner like me. Can actually get out here and uh, not spend an hour sweating after mm-hmm. I finished. Yeah, with the transition of seasons here, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about basketball and the success of volleyball getting into some of the winter sports. It definitely feels like that. First off, Wanted to surprise you with a good note of podcast trivia. Okay. okay? Wanted to make this as uh, radio-like for a radio guy like you uh, with the uh, podcast medium here. But Chuck and I were researching, and the great researcher that he is, this is uh, season five of the podcast. Wow. We were speculating on air, on the internet waves, that it was uh, third or fourth. It was, it was five. We sold ourselves short. So we've been doing this a while, not even known it. Just had so much fun along the way, right? Like, like the blink of an eye. <laughs> Incredible. The old podcast duo, Carl Gard and Heath here. But uh, let's uh, start on the uh, fall sports notes. Um, I know uh, football has had a, a, a tough start, but uh, what are, are some of the reasons for optimism? Because I've seen every snap, and I was doing a radio interview in um, Hattiesburg, I think it was, uh, before the Southern Miss game, that the, there are some reasons for optimism. But what have you seen as, as some things that, I mean, the win-loss record doesn't say it, but what have you seen as some positives? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, 0-8 is, uh, is not – you know, what anybody would find acceptable. I, I, I'm sure that starts with our kids and our coaches, you know, in the conversations I've had with them. But I do think there's there's reason for optimism for the future of Rice football. I mean, I, I spend a lot of time with the program. I've been, uh, been going to meetings, spending time at practice at games around the team. Uh, you know, it's still a fairly young bunch. It's still a fairly new system. Um, you know, when we brought Coach Bloomgren in, we were really thinking um, – you know, that this would take a couple of years to get going. And so, uh, obviously, the way our defense is played, uh, special teams, uh, there have been some moments offensively. Uh, you know, it's, it's about putting together a complete game for 60 minutes. We just haven't been able to do that yet. I'm confident that once we do it once or twice that we're going to see it on a frequent basis moving forward. And I know there's probably a fan question about this at the end, so I'll, I'll save uh, you know anything else I have to say about it for then. But I am optimistic, uh, and I know that's a hard place for most Rice supporters to be right now, but, um, but that's where I am. Yeah, it's tough. And like Coach has said many times to me and other members of the media, when those wins come, like you referenced, they'll, they'll come in, in bunches. But volleyball has headlined our success uh, this fall. My gosh. Um, everything they keep doing uh, week by week, what Nicole Lennon's doing, but 19-1, and one, uh, ranked now number 18 in the country, just up to the uh, immediacy that what we just saw as, as we're recording it, got the W over number three Texas downstairs um, at Tudor, but just everything that they have done, just can you kind of encapsulate that? It's just been, uh, it's been amazing with so much left to be told to yeah, this season. Yeah, I mean, they're remarkable. You know, they don't take a back seat to anybody. Uh, I love how uh, our, our programs, uh, you know, starting maybe with, with tennis uh, on the women's side, swimming. Some of those programs that have had success historically have really raised the bar and expectations for other programs. And then obviously women's basketball jumped in the fray along with volleyball last year in winning conference championships. And what volleyball's been able to do this year uh, is remarkable. And Texas is now the number one team in the country. So they've got two losses on the season. One of them to, is to us. Uh, we host the conference tournament and have got a big one against Western Kentucky uh, in November. So, you know, lots of great things uh, for the volleyball team with uh, with what remains in the season. And after a tough non-conference schedule, soccer started conference undefeated for the first eight games. Uh, uh, two ties mixed in there, but uh, Coach Lee and Knack for uh, really getting the team 
uh, to peak and, and score at the end. They've had some nail biters in there. So what, what have you made from Coach Lee's um, inaugural season here? They, they have an unbelievable flair for the dramatic. You know, all these uh, nothing, nothing, one, one ties towards the end of games, and they seem to always notch a goal in the 85th minute. Um, you know, Coach Lee really believes in his uh, periodization program, which is, you know, it's about athletes peaking at the right time. I'm pretty familiar with it as a track and field athlete. He's applied it to soccer with some success at LSU, and I think it's it's bearing some fruit this year. I know our kids are having a really good experience. Conference tournaments right around the corner up in Denton, so uh, we're excited about uh, about what. You know, a couple of games are, are remaining for the soccer program and the trajectory of the program under Coach Lee's leadership. And uh, basketball about to start. Uh, Coach Langley's team will be a preseason top 25. Uh, really optimistic about the men's team. Uh, looking forward to them. But uh, your thoughts on, on the basketball teams and anything uh, else around the department we haven't covered yet? Yeah, our winter sports, you know, are our two basketballs. Uh, swimming has a winter championship. They've already started their dual meet season, uh, and they're unbeaten in their dual meet season. So pretty exciting there. Uh, women's basketball, I think the AP poll comes out on Wednesday, so we're pretty excited about, uh, you know, we think they'll be in that top 25. The men have got a really good nucleus back from last year uh, and think we can improve there. And then, um, you know, our indoor track teams will, will start. Uh, uh, they may have a meet before the end of the calendar year, but they really get geared up in January. Uh, and all these teams progress towards the championship part of their season at the end of February and first part of March. But you know, I, I think we're in a we're in a really good place. Um, no surprise at Rice when good academic news comes, but the latest FBS uh, graduation rates were released uh, recently. I know there are a lot of different categories and subheadings there, but um, uh, what did you make of that? And again, I know it's uh, redundant. We've talked about these these five years of podcast. How proud are you of that academic success? Uh, very proud. I mean, the 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 NCA measures APR, which is a progress toward degree. They measure this thing called the GSR, which is a NCA construct that measures graduation rates. We've always done really well there, but I think the big jump we took this year was in the federal graduation rate, which is a six-year graduation rate, and it um, it uh, counts uh, any any freshman student athlete who enrolls uh, at Rice is counted in that cohort. So if they transfer out, they're counted negatively against you. Uh, transfers in are not counted positively for you. So the FGR, is a, it's a tough thing to manage, but it's sort of the, the benchmark uh, by which institutions are measured. And so for us to improve to the uh, number five ranking uh, nationwide in federal graduation rate and to boast a 97% graduation rate for our female student athletes is just incredible. Um, I think that combined with the conference championships that we've won recently, I mean, how can you argue with Rice being among the preeminent uh, women's athletic programs in the entire nation. It's just something that, that we take uh, great pride in, and we're going to celebrate this year. Also, um, recently I was honored to do the voiceovers again for the Hall of Fame um, inductees. Um, your thoughts on that? Uh, not just the ceremony, but it, it was, uh, I say this each year or every other year that we do this, that. Um, another elite class that's there. Just, and I got to talk to Brett Wagner at the, the coaches show and uh, just knowing a lot of them and um, everything they've done, it just has to mean a lot to recognize that in the past. Yeah, I mean, it's always fun when we get a group together uh, that's going into that elite club. Um, just a, a quick story. My, my favorite was watching Earl Cooper go in. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've, uh, I've been a San Francisco 49er fan my whole life. And I've also been a collector of Sports Illustrated since 1980. And so I remember Earl Cooper 
uh, being on the cover of Sports Illustrated when it said 49ers hit pay dirt, and it was him spiking the ball in Super Bowl 16. So to actually see him, I mean, I've met him before, but to actually see him going to the Rice Athletics Hall of Fame was pretty cool. Uh, moment for me personally yeah those multiple Super Bowl rings as well help too but uh, what's the latest on vision for victory and uh, the progress there and some things that are they're happening on that front yeah so we're uh, we've launched our goal committee some of them have met uh, there's still opportunities to participate if you want to please email rice athletics at rice.edu uh, made some good progress on a couple of different goals the academic excellence goal which is number one uh, you know, that, that student-athlete graduation rate this year uh, really more closely aligns us with the student body graduation rate, so we're really, really pleased with that. On goal two, which is professional and personal development, we have over 600 members in our SOAR network that J.P. Abercrombie's put together, uh, lots of professional development offer offerings for our student-athletes, so we're excited about that. And then goal eight, which is student-athlete engagement, we celebrated the 1994 football team and their win over Texas uh, in September. Uh, and then we've got former student athletes re-engaged in our OWL Club board. Will Roberts is now back. He's a former student athlete in track and field, and he'll be our new assistant director of the R Association. So all good progress on Vision for Victory. Stay tuned. Coming up next, we have Shu Muthiala of the OWL Club. He'll join us next, and then we'll ha answer our questions from you fans out there as well. Stay with us here on the podcast. All right, we're back on the podcast with one of my favorite people here at Rice. Uh, everybody knows him as Shu, Shu Muthiala. He has been in the ticket office and now is with development. Shu, you, uh, you predate me. I don't know that there are too many in the athletic department that do uh, anymore, but uh, you've been here since 2012. You've had an unbelievable career, uh, many different experiences, uh, worked in many different places in pro sports, on uh, college sports. Uh, tell us a little bit about your journey to Rice uh, from India. Yeah. Um, thanks again, Joe, for giving me the opportunity to be on the podcast. Um, so uh, a quick background about m myself. Uh, grew up in India, and unlike most Indians who are doctors or engineers, I was drawn to the sport of basketball and I realized pretty quickly that I was better than the average Joe. No pun intended. You probably are better than me, <laughs> Shu, so just run with that, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I played professionally for a year, uh, but education was still very important to me and my family, uh, my parents. So I got an undergrad in statistics and then a master's, one-year master's in sociology uh, before I came to the U.S. to pursue a master's program in sport management uh, at St. Cloud State, Minnesota. So while in school, I spent a year with the Timberwolves and then spent two years in Anaheim with the Los Angeles Clippers development team. Uh, spent three years in the Rio Grande Valley with the Houston Rockets uh, development team where I was overseeing ticket sales, community relations, and uh, corporate partnerships. Uh, so the, the our president with the, Vip with the Vipers came to Rice uh, in athletics and after a year of him being at Rice, I followed him to run ticket sales for Rice in June 2012. Then, I, then I, after spending a couple of years in ticket sales, I also spent a year uh, overseeing ticket sales and marketing. And then in June of 2018, I, I switched over to development. Um, so that's how I got to Rice. 
in the Sabine address for seven years now. It's amazing to me that, that you spent time in St. Cloud, Minnesota, because most people couldn't pick it on a map. I know exactly where it is. Yeah. You know, uh, can't say I've spent much time there either, but I've driven past it plenty of times. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't stay there much. <laughs> <laughs> any, any favorite memories from St. Cloud that you can share with us? So it's, uh, for me, the biggest, kind of the biggest shock that I received, like I received when I, when I went to, when I went to Minnesota, is I walk on the road, it's my third day in Minnesota. There's no one around. And growing, growing up in Bombay, you can't even you got you don't have you don't, you don't have your own your own space in Bombay. And here, there's nobody around. <laughs> that was a tremendous shock to me. Yeah. Did you ever been to a hockey game before? No. So <laughs> I, I learned a lot about hockey and also football too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up. Uh, St. Cloud State was in the North Central Conference, uh, one of the great mm -hmm. Division Two conferences. You know, 20, 25 years ago, and they. Um, they were competitors with North Dakota and North mm -hmm. Dakota State, so yeah. I remember that well. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that I really admire about you is how innovative you are. Um, and since you've come to Rice, you've uh, created two really innovative, successful pro, uh, programs here. One many people are familiar with, which is the Schoolhouse Mania basketball game every December. Mm -hmm. And then uh, one that maybe people aren't as familiar with is the STEMletics Academy. So talk That's a little true. bit about those and how those came about. Yes, sir. Um, so these two programs are very, very close to, to my heart. Um, and we could not do this without uh, having tremendous supporters across campus in our USMP, the Rice University School Math Project, and the RSTEM, the Rice uh, STEM Department on campus. Um, so again, without them, we would not even have these kids on campus. So again, just thanks, thanks, thankful to their partnership. Um, the school has mania uh, provides local elementary kids, grade three to grade five, uh, the opportunity to visit Rice campus uh, and partake in an educational field trip uh, where they receive an educational workbook with math, science, and reading problems. They also receive um, a, a, a lesson from the Rice University School Math Project, and then they get to watch the Rice men's basketball team Part, partake in a competition. So it's a, a tremendous program. Um, in the in the pro side with NBA Development League, uh, it's a pretty un, pretty common program that we used, did every year. So when I joined Rice, it took me a year to convince the coaching staff and Rick Mello. But then I still remember it was May, uh, after one year being at Rice, it was the month of May, I went to Rick and said, I will resign if I don't sell this game out. <laughs> <laughs> and six years later, this is our biggest uh, biggest attended game at Rice. Um, the uh, STEMnetics Academy, uh, having spent a few years at Rice, I trying to find opportunities to grow our fan base and bring kids uh, to campus and to Rice outside of just our athletic events. So I looked at all our, our summer camps, and um, there are a few kids like me who love athletics, not, not too good at athletics, but they also are driven by science and STEM. So we work with our campus across, we, our partners across campus, the STEM, uh, STEM, our STEM department, and said, hey, how about we create this unique program where it's both science, STEM, and athletics. So we, uh, we spent six months to create the curriculum, and we launched it a few years ago. Um, so essentially how it works is that you learn about STEM principles, and you apply the same principles on the field. So if you're doing, if you're talking about 
uh, wind energy, you're building a windmill, but then you're playing a frisbee game using the same principles on the field. So it's a tremendous program. We've averaged over 300 kids every summer, and which essentially we're trying to touch young kids at a at a pretty young age to become lifelong fans. So uh, they're unbelievable programs. I've had a chance to um, you know to be a part of both of them. I, I remember the first year with uh, first year I saw the Schoolhouse Mania. I remember. Um, Andrew Drone was at the free throw line, and he was uh, he was about to shoot a free throw, and he had the biggest grin on his face because the kids don't necessarily know etiquette, right? So you know they're cheering. You're supposed to be quiet when somebody's shooting over there. They're going nuts. Yeah. He's smiling from ear to ear. I think he hit both free throws, but you know you just also knew what an impact that had on yeah. our student athletes to have all those kids going crazy at a game. Yeah. And then uh, STEMletics, I think the 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 first year you ran it, uh, my oldest son Charles Charlie was part of it, yeah. so and really enjoyed it, so. Just a couple of great programs that you've come up with, but now you're you're full time Owl Club, yes, sir. Um, really in charge of our annual fund. Yes. Uh, so, walk our listeners through what that looks like on a day to day basis. Yes, yeah, so so the Owl Club is essentially our unrestricted annual fund for Rice Athletics in support of our true student athlete experience. So on a daily basis, I help oversee the strategy to engage our alumni letter winners and our community to support our fine student athletes. Um, so currently I'm working with Rick Mello and um, with uh, Gary Childs and um, one of our alumni to revive our Owl Club board and to essentially grow the support system for our student athletes. I'm also, uh, RISE supporters should be looking out for uh, a membership guide in the mail in the next seven to 10 days to talk about our, our plans for this year and just talk about it in last year's, uh, how we did last year as well. And also want to support us to know that in conjunction with Giving Tuesday, which is December 3rd, um, the athletics department is going to host our annual Giving Challenge to encourage our community to support student athletes by making a gift to the OWL Club. Great. Uh, Owl Club is is such a worthwhile place to give if you if mm. you support Rice student athletes uh, because your money uh, uh, equally supports all sixteen programs and yes. you know if you've met any of these uh, young people or spent any time with them you know that they're absolutely worth the support. Yes. You've been here, uh, gosh, uh, I guess seven years. Um, do you have a, a favorite memory or or what's your favorite part of working here at Rice? Uh, so I was telling uh, one of our donors yesterday at the volleyball game, um, by far the best memory I've had is um, us beating UT oh, yeah. backs in yeah. volleyball. Is, and uh, he's a lifelong Rice volleyball supporter, so I, I told him that I called him. He's in Tennessee, and I said I called him on the on the way back. It was 10.30 for him. I said, I don't care. I called him, and I, we shared like our joy together. But by far, um, are my best memory um, to date. Is us beating UT? It's probably mine too. Uh, certainly, athletic competition—it's my best memory. And uh, Shu, you know, you're one of the people that uh, that really makes for me personally that makes my job so enjoyable. Getting to work with you on a daily basis. So I'm glad you're able to join us on the podcast this month. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Up.
Definitely one of those great ones. I echo what uh, what Joe just said there. Uh, been been here for as long as I've been here, and he is uh, one of the really great ones. Loved hearing him in that in that setting. Such a, a great one to hear from. Let's get to our Ask the AD segment. If you'd like to email any questions to Joe, you can email us riceathletics at rice.edu. And the next time we record one of these uh, popular podcasts, you can get yours read and answered. He'll answer anything. The first one is uh, one that I was had it on the back of my brain pan to ask him, but um, a listener asked, California recently passed legislation allowing student-athletes to monetize their name, image, and likeness, the House Bill 205. How will this impact Rice? I don't know that the California bill specifically is going to impact us at all. Uh, it's not set to take effect until 2023. I think the larger issue is what are the other states going to do, and there's anywhere between, I think, six and ten different bills out there that are at various stages in the legislative process uh, that, that may, uh, may be enacted and, and passed uh, more quickly than that. Uh, the NCA, parallel to that, has got this working group on name, image, and likeness uh, trying to make recommendations. I think there's a possibility that we may have a federal solution somewhere down the road. Um, I think, I really do believe that... Um, you know, that with all that's out there on this right now, that there will be some uh, form of, of um, opening up of this area to student-athletes. I think it's just a question of, you know, what guardrails will the NCAA try and put in place, and will those guardrails be challenged in court? Um, you know, the biggest thing I hear when people are concerned about it, you know, is, is the recruiting process, uh, and how can you ensure that... that um, that any value that student athletes are getting from use of their name, image, and likeness is market driven, uh, that you don't have a rogue booster paying money uh, to a student athlete. So those are some of the hot topics that I'm hearing. I think this is going to take a while to kind of work its way through. Uh, and I, I, you know, I, I hope the NCA comes up with a set of recommendations that the states and federal government find palatable or, or we're going to see this in either court or in Congress. Some tells me it won't be ending anytime. I don't soon. think so. We'll be asking this in future podcasts. Yeah. But n- number two, we have chosen to implement a football offense different from the popular offenses these days. They cite the spread, the RPO, but uh, some would say it's too conservative. Uh, why do we run this offense and can we win <laughs> with it? Yeah, well, this is this is a pretty popular question. Uh, that I get when I'm uh, when I'm in the stadium on game days, and you know when I'm talking to fans, um, you know I think w- the first thing is uh, I believe that um, you know that we need to be somewhat countercultural in in our approach to football. I think historically over time, if you look at uh, the the selective academic institutions that have had some success, um, generally they have done things that no one else is doing. I mean, you can look at Steve Spurrier at Duke in the 1980s. He was running an offense that no one else was running. You know, you look at Stanford under Jim Harbaugh, um, you know, and now David Shaw running an offense that, that very few others run. You look at the service academies running the option. So, um, you know, I think what's, what's interesting is that um, our offense isn't, you know, it, it's a lot like the Stanford offense. But, you know, I watched last weekend Chris Kleiman uh, run this offense very effectively against Oklahoma. And, you know, I grew up in North Dakota and I'm very familiar with North Dakota State. They run A-gap power. It's, it's the offense that when it, it's executed at a high level, uh, it works very, very well. Um, it's also really complicated to learn. Um, you know, it takes time in the system. 
it's a brand new system for us. I'm pretty confident that, you know, if we give Coach Bloomgren time, that we will see a much, much more efficient version of this offense than what we're seeing right now. I think what, what Mike would tell you right now is that, you know, we've got to figure out uh, with the four games that we have left in the season what we're going to do to win those football games. And, and the approach may be a bit more pragmatic than idealistic moving forward just because, you know, I think it's important for us to, to finish the season with some wins. So um, I'm still confident in the system. I think it's the right system for us. It needs to be obviously executed at a level that produces more than six points in a game, though. Number three, asking the AD segment, uh, how does Rice intend to use their continued success in the NCAA, uh, the GSR graduation success report, to differentiate their recruiting pitches to potential athletes? Well, obviously, we're at the you know we're at the very top uh, of all of the different categories that I mentioned earlier in the podcast: the APR, the GSR, and the and the Fed rate. Um, you know, I think for us, uh, it's I, I think the differentiator for us is it's not just the graduation rates; it's a combination of the graduation rates, uh, the the unbelievably vibrant city of Houston and our location within that city, uh, the opportunity to play FBS level Division One athletics. And the size of our campus, and the the um, the, uh, the 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 relationships that you can uh, build on our campus because of how many students we have here, and because of our focus on undergraduate education. When you roll all those things together, it really is a different. We offer something different than everybody else does. There are lots of other schools out there that have great graduation rates, but I don't think they can combine all of those factors in quite the same way that we can. Mm -hmm. And finally, number four, recently, many of the new uh, football stadium upgrades are featuring more fan-friendly amenities like party decks. Uh, do you have these types of plans for Rice Stadium? And uh, what is the timetable on any such renovations? Well, timetable is always going to be contingent on funding. Um, we have some concepts out there that we're testing with, uh, you know, with uh, different potential donors. Um, I think that the, the conversation around party decks and loge boxes and and some of those things are really about trying to take the tailgate atmosphere uh, that people find so enjoyable, the opportunity to be with friends that occurs outside the stadium and try to bring it inside the stadium. Uh, because, you know, you could figure it'd be pretty frustrating if you got to tailgate with 20 of your best friends outside the stadium and then you get in there and you all have different seats and you have to sit apart for the actual game. And I think that leads people to stay outside of the stadium and not actually come in and watch the game. So. We've got to create really um, kind of malleable seating arrangements within our stadium. So whether it's a party deck or loge boxes or, um, you know, the ability to, um, you know, to, to upgrade your seats on game day. I think all of those things are important. They're all going to be part of future renovations. And I think our focus really on, on renovating the football stadium is going to become much more acute over the next decade. Hey, we did it five seasons now, and I guess we're, I guess it'd be the second episode, but uh, we keep on going. Thank you much. I know five years. It's it's, I was telling somebody the other day that that uh, it it does seem like I just started, and then I look at my kids and I realize I've been here uh, <laughs> six years now. Been here a while now. Yeah, that's uh, that's another edition of the uh, Ask the AD segment again. If you'd like to ask any questions, Rice Athletics at rice.edu. That's another edition of the podcast. We want you out at a uh, remaining Rice uh, football game or upcoming basketball game, men's and women's soccer, volleyball. Have a great rest of this one, and we will see you out at the next Rice event.